Less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Short. What's up, Cash Flow Contractors? Khalil here. We've got a great episode where we talk about how to deploy capital coming up. And I think that a lot of people are in this situation where they've got more cash, usually from PPP, EIDL, or the ERC tax credits that have come into their business and are you using it correctly? Are you deploying that capital in a way that makes sense for your business specifically? Uh, I know that as business owners, we are visionaries, we have a lot of ideas, and we would love to execute on those ideas, and sometimes capital is the constraint. But before we execute on those ideas, do we have a plan? Do we actually think it's a good idea and know it's a good idea? And then are we actually sure that this is capital that we have and the best use of it. So that's, those are the questions that we answer in this, this episode. I hope that you enjoy and uh, yeah, take a listen. Martin, there's the saying, scratch your own itch. And you may have taken that to the extreme with writing your book <laughs> because you are constantly referencing your book for <laughs> situations that you run into. And I mean, you just told me a story. We're talking, we're talking about working capital in part of this episode. Um, and you, you were telling us a story about how you were thinking, man, I need to, what was that one thing about working capital that was really meaningful? You're searching it, you can't find it, and you're like, oh, let me look at my book, and there it is. And it was there. Yeah, I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's something to brag about or not. So. <laughs> Go get Martin's book, right? Yeah. No, working capital is, is uh, something that people probably all hear the word. It's just hugely, hugely, hugely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week we talked about financial ratios. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that'll be last week's episode, but anyway, last week that's what we did. And that's something people need to understand. I'm, I think we should try to figure out a way to do that uh, with voice only. Well, we can talk about we can, it. We can today. make a video of it with real numbers and have a screen right. share. We'll, we'll make that happen sometime. Everybody knows what working capital is, but they might not call it that. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many things like that. And that's kind of in same line with that. You know, the reason why the reason why we're doing this episode on how to deploy capital is that right now, more than ever for small businesses, people that have historically maybe not have had access to capital and had to grow a lean business just by themselves, completely bootstrapped, quote unquote, um, through COVID, through PPP and EIDL and ERC, have had this influx of cash at their disposal. And that isn't necessarily always a good thing because you can ruin your business if you don't know what to do with it. And Referring uh, to my book, I make that, <laughs> I make that point. Yeah. <clears throat> is that if you have a sudden, I wrote that before PPP and EIDL and ERC, and we didn't know there was going to be all this free money, which really isn't free. Right. Uh, right. And it, <laughs> you'll uh, pay for it. Theoretically though, when you got PPP, I think most of us actually did use it to pay employees, but, but people would occasionally, if you're running your business by your phone app, your bank app on your phone, mm-hmm. it does happen that people open up their app and go, Whoa, yeah, I got $300,000 in there. And I warn against that because the danger is if you have cash, you might spend it without knowing why you have it. Yeah. And 
then all of a sudden you forgot that the payroll hasn't come out or the payroll taxes haven't come out or you have that big payable that you haven't been billed for yet, but Mm -hmm. the supplier's printing it as you speak. So you go do something with that money because you have it. I mean, people aren't stupid, but maybe you do something with a significant chunk of that money. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. I I, I thought they'd already billed me on that. And then here comes this big bill, and you don't have the cash anymore. So having an unexpected um, big cash balance can be a, a really dangerous thing. It's deceptive. Although it's usually nice to see. It is nice to see, but it can be deceptive. Right. And I think that's where we want to clear the air in this episode is, hey, let's make sure that it's not deceptive, that it's really clear that you know exactly what that cash is for and the best uses for it. So you know, I think that the start of it, in line with what you said is to make sure that it's capital, right? We don't we don't want to just have all this cash and think that it's capital. We need to understand that it truly right. is capital and not something that we need to be using in day-to-day operations, but it's something that can be used to invest in our businesses. How do you go about making sure that it's actually capital? You asking me? Yeah. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, one thing is to have good books that are current, you know, it's just another reason that they're so important, but specifically to say, how do I know that's available capital? Um, it really do. You have to know where you stand, what you owe and, and what's owed to you and, and see that's available capital. But one of the things I like to do to preserve that test is if there's a sudden influx like the CRC, Mm -hmm. uh, employment retention credit is starting to come into people's bank accounts and it was totally unknown there used to be a test that you had to have a drop off of i think 50 percent between quarters and years and people didn't qualify then they changed it to 25 percent, and now they're a whole different set of rules like did anybody get COVID at your office you know <laughs> ka-ching so all of a sudden this money that ppp money was intended to pay payroll and that's how most people used it it might have freed up cash elsewhere but that's how they used it. ERC, as far as I can tell at this point, doesn't have any of that kind of restriction on it. So here comes some money, right? right? And so we might determine that that's completely unexpected money, um, so it's available capital. And then you say, to do what, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. And that might, I don't know if that's really addressing what you, yeah, no, you said. That, but, that is, I, I think, uh, just because you got a big receivable, doesn't mean that it's capital. Right. And just because you got a bunch of PPP money doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. capital. Have you lost customers? Have I mean, it was it was given to you to curb the side effects of COVID across the world. And if your business truly wasn't changed, then maybe it was capital. But for a lot of people, it did change. And it, right. you have to understand that we'll talk about cash reserves in a little bit, but also that... Uh, it, even though things haven't changed just right now, they may change in three months where you right. can't get materials and now you can't complete jobs and people understand right. what we've been through in hindsight, right? So, but the, the first thing, and if it, especially if it's not in this big, you know, COVID related thing or you got investment from an investor, make sure that that big balance is capital and not just a receivable that now you got to go pay all these payables right. or, you know. And, and assuming that you've determined that, the ERC came in and and you got several hundreds of thousands of dollars just, or tens or hundreds, or even I have people who've gotten millions. 
sitting in your bank account that you didn't know about and you determine it is capital, then the next step is what to do with it. Yeah. And I think one of the first things is an unexpected uh, chunk of cash coming in is don't do anything in, with it hastily yeah. that you hadn't been planning to do for a long time. Yeah. It's when there's an abundance of cash, people think, well, yeah, why not? Oh, yeah, that probably looks good. Well, just, I think McAlwitz, isn't it, in Profit First, mm -hmm. where he talks about when you're making capital expenditures, you're going to spend money on, on either equipment or an effort. He said, just don't do it for a month. Yeah, wait it out. Yeah, just wait it out. Yeah. And say, well, how about I wait it out another month? And if after three or four months of waiting it out, you go, you know, I really need that then do it. But it wasn't a snap decision that you regret or made on a turn of a dime. So I think one of the things that you do when you get an unexpected chunk of capital, we'll just use ERC, is that you just don't spend it immediately and don't spend it on anything that you haven't contemplated and planned. Right. You wouldn't have a plan for it. And I think a lot of people are tempted to think that, oh, wow, PPP or EIDL is, I'm winning the lottery. 30 years to pay it back, 3% interest, man, inflation is going to eat at that, right? right? But Which is true. It's, <laughs> it's, it's true in, in many ways, but at the same time, the, the amount of stress that you can put yourself under, like I see people taking on, oh, we're going to open up this new location now because we got this money, or oh, we're right. going gonna to go and add a whole new crew because we got this money, or we're going to go and buy this new machine. And the reality is, there's side effects to those things that will absolutely stress you the hell out mm -hmm. and you're going to you're going to regret it at some point you may because it's not a fully planned out thing that you've gotten advice on that you've seen how other people do it and know everything associated with it but make a snap decision now you've given all your money all this capital that you had to this effort but you didn't consider all the other things that you have to pay as well right. you know so well one an example of that that you had brought up before we started recording was if you decide to grow. Yes. Right? And you've got all this money and you've decided to grow and maybe you plunk it down on some capital expenditures that actually are, you bought something. Now you have something and the money's gone and it's going to help you grow, but you don't understand the need as you grow, your your requirement of working capital Gross. will grow. And I think maybe we just need to define what working, working capital. capital is. Yeah, let's do that. Everybody kind of understands, you know, it's it's, it's money available to do stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's technically, working capital is the difference between your current assets and your current liabilities. And what that means is your current assets are things that, I'm sorry if you already know this, but I think some people don't, is... Current assets are things that either are cash or can be converted to cash pretty quickly. So cash in the bank, I don't mean greenback dollars, but cash available, uh, inventory and accounts receivable are, are common current assets. You know, maybe it's going to take a while to collect those receivables, <laughs> but the presumption is, and to sell that inventory, but the presumption is that's pretty, yeah. pretty quick, right? Fairly and then you compare that to your current liabilities, which is things that you are going to require cash pretty quickly. Like typically we'll just talk about accounts payable credit cards, right? So 
you compare things that are likely to provide cash pretty quickly to things that are likely to require cash pretty quickly. Right. And you want your current assets to be more than your current liabilities, which tells you that you have, theoretically anyway, if you actually sell the inventory and collect the receivables, you have more uh, assets, you will have more cash available yeah. than you have cash demand, right? Well, this is a little bit of a hard part to do just on, on uh, a podcast without paper in front of us, but if you look at your balance sheet and take current assets and current liabilities and see what the difference is and it's a little more, it's a little harder than that, but a certain amount of your sales will be historically go to accounts receivable. A certain amount of your sales will go to inventory and a certain amount of sales will go to accounts payable. So look at your sales as a percentage or look at your accounts receivable yeah. at your cash and at your inventory as a percentage of sales. Right. And it's, uh, um, it's a little bit more complicated. It's not real hard, but there's there's a step involved. But but basically that's it. So it says that if I double my sales, I'm going to double my accounts receivable. Right. I'm going to double my inventory, right. and hopefully I'll double my accounts payable, which helps you. Two hurt you, and one helps you. Right. Because when you're when you have accounts payable, what you've really done is borrow money from your suppliers. Right. So there will be some number in my book. I do have an example, and it's a it's a real one. But the guy had to have $0.24 cents, uh, $24 out of, for every $100 his sales went up. He needed another $24. Of working capital. Of working capital to finance his receivables and his inventory, net of his accounts payable. Right. And this guy went out of business. <laughs> and he made a lot of money. He, he had a nice profit, and he went out of business because he grew so fast. In seven months, he went from zero to 100,000 a month in sales, which sounds good, right? Right. Everybody loves sales. Well, it wiped him out yeah. because he didn't, have the cap he didn't have the working capital. So before you start spending money on things that are gonna consume that capital and make it go away and no longer be cash, it's really good to understand how much working capital you need to grow your business. Yeah. Okay. So. That's another consideration, right? Not, not just spending it on stuff, but if I'm building my business, it's not, if we're sitting out there and a bunch of contractors, uh, maybe your largest job was a million dollars, um, and somebody comes at you with a $10 million job. Say no, you go, run. woohoo, you know, hey man, that's I've been waiting all my life to do <laughs> $10 million jobs. Well, most people kind of know that, but I've, I have actual experience with people who didn't know that. So, no, I got a $10 million job. Well, you're toast, buddy. <laughs> it's a you different game. Yeah, you can't, you can't fund it. The working capital you need to, if things stay the same, the working capital that you need to handle $10 million job is 10 times what you needed, to, what you've been using. Right. That's real money that you have to have. So tying it back to what we said, here comes some, uh, an influx of cash, how can it help you by just being available as working capital? Right. Which does not mean buy stuff with it. Exactly. Right? So. And, and another thing to, to say here, uh, we, we've said this in the past, but I think it's always a good reminder that when you need working capital is probably not the right time to oh, yeah. go and get it from a bank. Yeah. But 
when things are actually doing really well and you have cash in the bank and you've got good books and everything's looking really clean, go and get your working capital from a bank on better terms because your business is doing so well. Well, they really love to lend it to you when they don't need it. Yeah. And what they really, really like is if you put a million dollar deposit in their bank and then they loan it back to you three and a half percent, well, 6% interest nowadays. Yeah. It's yeah. So that's, that's a, a thing to consider. I think also I, I mentioned you're playing a different game when you do the 10 million job, $10 right. million dollar job versus the million dollar job. Right. But when you're trying to grow, I think what a lot, what comes to a lot of people's minds, especially younger people and in the culture that we have today with business of, these startups that are huge successes and unicorns like Airbnb and Uber and all these other companies, but even the smaller ones that we see that are out there and even private equity firms as well, they have all this investment behind them and we see them grow so fast, like exponentially, right? Just compound growth really fast, not in 10 years, but in two years. We think, man, like if I had capital, if I had investment like they raise, I could do some great things and you know even just a, a tenth of what they raised that would be so helpful for me and I could I could do that in my market. And the reality is like they raised all of that money for a reason. They're not they're they burned through it, but they know they're going to burn through it. And a lot of times when you don't understand the game that they're playing and you go and get an influx of cash from whatever happened with COVID or maybe a huge payment, big job, whatever it might be, you don't necessarily have all the cash that you need to go and just burn to be able to grow your business. And you don't have that game. You don't have the people on staff that know exactly how to scale at an exponential level. And really what they're doing is not operating like you. They're financial engineering is right. what, is what Which they're Which is a completely different game from being a contractor. Yeah. Yeah, I think, to paraphrase, I got Paul Volcker or Greenspan or somebody said, it's irrational exuberance. You get a big old chunk of money coming in and you're exuberant, you're happy, you want to go do something. And won the lottery. Our, yeah, won the lottery. We just want to make sure, I mean, our advice is don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't do anything quickly just because you have cash. Make a plan um, if you're going to grow or, or if you have a reason that you want to add a crew or a reason you want to go after different jobs. Have a plan and understand how that cash can help you and then execute against the plan. Don't execute against your feeling really good this afternoon because it's a pretty day, right? Yeah, have, have a plan for sure. And I think a plan provides clarity. Uh, it also provides accountability. Yeah. You know, if you deviate from the plan, then you're making mistakes and it's very clear to you. Uh, and it, you're exactly right on that. One of the main things is if you're going to have a plan, you have to write something down. Yes. And if you're sitting there, going, well, it ought to be a good idea, and you're kind of driving around. I mean, I see it all the time. Yeah, wait, it's half baked, it's mushy. Wait, now how does that really work? Yep. And you think to it that level, it's Eisenhower's old thing. Planning is uh, plans are worthless. Planning is everything because you have to think through it. If you can't think through it and write it down, where's money coming in, money going out, resources I need, people I need. If you can't do that. Don't do it because you're just woohooing, right? Right. Yeah. You, you have to have a plan and share that plan with somebody. Get some accountability from your business coach, from somebody inside your company, a you know, a networking group your that you're spouse. a part of, your spouse. Yeah, freak them <laughs> you're out. You're going to do what? 
<laughs> no, but go and get some accountability uh, because it it will absolutely be worth it, and it's the wise thing to do. Right. I've, the most important question, Martin, is always, what's the wise thing to do? If you just stop and ask yourself, what's the wise thing to do? It actually changes your course of action most times. So I, I, I highly recommend asking that to yourself. There's a couple of things that we still uh, need to talk about with this. Um, we, we've touched on working capital. Uh, we've touched on do you really want to grow um, and what that actually means. And we've touched on can you get by without it. But we haven't talked about the value of a cash reserve. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, but mm. it's been a while, maybe 100 episodes or so. Um, well, I don't. I, I just see it everywhere, and it's true of me. I think it's true of you. Um, it's true of all my clients when they get to that point. If you have a reserve of cash that you can't get to easily, significant cash for for however big you are, it might be ten thousand, might be two hundred thousand, might be a million, five million, but you have available cash sitting somewhere that you don't use in your regular operations, it changes everything. You're you're calmer. Uh, you can take advantage of a situation. Maybe your competitor's going out of business and you can buy all their equipment for nothing for 10 cents on the dollar. Be sure you really need it. But you, you have options. If you don't have cash, if you're always bouncing off, if your bank balance is bouncing off a of zero instead of bouncing off of a hundred thousand or a million or whatever significant, you're in a different world. You're really living that life of, I got to make payroll. Yeah. Like, man. I've, I've got a lot of assets, got a lot of accounts receivable, got a lot of inventory. It's the death spiral. I don't have any money, and how am I going to pay payroll? Yeah, right. yeah, it's, it's the death spiral. And I think that so many times we think of business as this logistical, logical uh, profession that has no emotion behind it. And that's so far from the truth. There's so much emotion behind being a business owner. And if you can make yourself more logical by getting rid of some of the emotion and having that safety net, having that rainy day fund, having that cash reserve to just calm you down and allow you to be actually rational on a day-to-day -day basis and be able to think long-term. There's so much value in that. Um, I think, you know, even on the personal side, this is a good, a well, good advice. Right. Dave Ramsey, everybody knows Dave Ramsey. The first yeah. step of Dave Ramsey is save a thousand bucks. Yeah. Just, do that. That's the first thing before you go after your yeah. mortgage and your credit card. And it's true here, only typically a little more than a thousand. And, and Dave Ramsey gets a lot of flack from people in the financial space because you know he gives advice to like never take debt and you know never be leveraged, all that kind of stuff. And there are absolutely use cases for taking on debt and making good investments and you know raising money, all that kind of stuff. But it, that's not for everybody. And you have to be able to have a really clear and sharp mind. against the plan. It, yeah. One of the things he says, and it's true for business as well, is paying off a credit card debt for a meal you ate last month that you don't even remember. Right? That's stupid debt. Um, we won't go too deep into debt, but buying a machine that increases your productive, productivity 5x, yeah. in my opinion, is not always stupid debt. And while we're talking about debt, um, something yeah. we had mentioned before. Debt service. Yeah, one of the ways people, it's another way to use money is you get money and you think, man, I'm gonna reduce my debt load. Hmm. And okay, you know, keep a reserve, but by all means, uh, reduce your debt load. 
what do you do? Let's let's say that you have a million dollar debt and you get two hundred thousand of ERC money. You might want to plunk that two hundred thousand and say, Oh, now I only have eight hundred thousand dollars in debt. That will not change your life in any way. The payments stay the same unless you reamortize it. But basically, payments stay the same. You're not going to realize that you only have eight hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, maybe for twenty years. Right. You know, it'll be eighteen years instead of twenty. So what I just talked to people about, if you're going to use an influx of funds to reduce debt, buy back cash flow. Yeah. Right. Think cash so, flow. So a little more to it than just the biggest payment, but if you have a mortgage that's costing you $3,000 a month, but you've got a big semi-specialty truck that's costing you $4,000 a month and some credit cards that are costing this or that, but you would look on there and say, where do I get the biggest cash flow bang per buck? And it might be that truck that's costing you 4000 and you owe 75000 on it. But you can buy $4,000 worth a month of cash flow because you don't have to make that monthly payment yep. for $75,000. Again, if you go plunk it down on the big mortgage, you get zero cash flow benefit because the payment doesn't change. Right. You're just going to pay it off sooner. Right? right. So if you're using it to pay debt, that's a rational thing. Make sure you have a reserve mm -hmm. that you can fund the plans that you have. But if you're going to use it to retire other debt, uh, that's my philosophy. Try People to close the account. A, yeah. And so you can have more, yeah, have the cash flow. You buy the cash flow. Buy, buy the one where you can buy the most, buy out, eliminate the most debt for the least amount of dollars. And that will truly reduce stress on a, on yeah. a real level. Yeah. Uh, and just frees up that cash flow on a monthly basis going forward. Well, we've talked about a lot on how to deploy capital here, and I think this is good for a a small business owner. You know, it, yeah, like massive corporations, this is not how they're, I don't think they're going to be deploying capital at this level. But it is. Actually, the thing is, they've got professionals that do that all day long. Exactly. And people out in the field don't necessarily know it. But right. They, they but absolutely do. They, they do deploy. Absolutely, they deploy capital. But this isn't the way that they would think about it necessarily. Right. You know. But as a small business owner, make sure that you ha have a cash reserve with your capital, that you actually really want to grow and understand what it takes and have a plan of action that you've reviewed with somebody else, that you've gotten counsel and advice on, uh, and that you have accountability with that plan. Um, ask yourself if you can get it by without it, uh, because without the new machine or whatever it is that you want to try to do and grow, can you get by without it and try to delay the gratification there? Uh, you didn't win the lottery. You have an opportunity ahead of you make the wise decision. Um, and then make sure that it is actually capital, not just money that you had a huge receivable on that you've been waiting for, for 90 days. And now right. it's in your account and you want to use it all. Um, yeah. Uh, we also talked about working capital and why it's valuable to have working capital and how to understand how much you need for when you grow. Um, you know, if you grow by 2x, then you need 2x the working capital in theory. So um, lots of good things to talk about here. If you have questions about capital, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. But uh, man, thanks for chatting, Martin. Yes, sir. All right, Cashflow Contractors, thank you so much for listening to our episode on how to deploy capital. If you have questions that we didn't cover in this episode, please reach out to us in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you on how you're using your capital, the ideas that you have, the plans that you have. And if you need a sounding board to figure out if it's the right use of the money that you have, we'd love to chat with you. Also, stop what you're doing, 
you're just, you're at the end of the episode, you've already listened to the whole thing, you've gotten to this little outro that Cleo does at the end of each episode, can you just pull somebody up on your phone and text them this episode, share this episode with them and tell them that you enjoyed this episode and that, or maybe it's another episode on the casual contract, it doesn't have to be this one, but share this episode and, or our show with somebody in your phone book. If you could stop and just give a minute to do that for us, it would mean the world to us. And it's, uh, you know, we don't ask for much on the show. That would be a huge way that you can support our show and help us grow. Thanks for listening. And we uh, hope that you're having less stress, more time and more money in your business. Thanks.